Oxygen. This is a new French film. It is a sci-fi thriller that was directed and produced by Alexandre Eha, who always great to see new material from him. And it, this one kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. I, I certainly did not know he was making a new movie this year. Uh, I think his last movie was uh, Crawl, if I'm not mistaken, from 2019. But yeah, this movie Oxygen stars Melanie Laurence, another uh, fun surprise. It was great to see her pop up in this movie. She is the lead character and one of the few characters we actually see in this movie because this is... So remember Buried with Ryan Reynolds uh, where he's like trapped in a coffin? Yeah. I, I remember I that, like movie. that movie. a lot. That's a good movie. Uh, this, yeah. this is that, but in a cryogenic pod and kind of like the near future. So it's like a sci-fi twist on the Buried Alive genre. Not that she's buried alive necessarily, but Melanie Laurent plays a woman who doesn't know her name. She doesn't even know what she looks like, but she wakes up in a cryogenic pod. She doesn't know why. And the only thing she has is a computer system named Milo, a glorified voice assistant. And she has to try to outwit it to try to be like, okay, I need to make a call. Oh, you can't do that. Well, uh, can you do this? And she like tries to work around her limitations because her oxygen levels are running extremely low in the pod and it's decreasing at a steady rate to the point where you, she even begins to start hallucinating and she has to find a way out. If she tries to open the pod, she gets electrocuted. And there's a lot going on in this movie, like a surprising amount of things are going on in a movie where we are only in one literal location the entire time and almost the entire time at least. And I, I kind of, I really dug this. I thought this was a, a really fun watch and probably the best of the movies we're talking about this week for me, at least. What did you think of Oxygen, Will? I would also say it's the best of the movies this week, slightly by default, but also, like you said, I think it works on its own merits. Um, I don't think it's doing anything terribly new. I mean, like you said, it, it harkens back to a lot of other fairly recent uh, one-woman show or one-man show type movies. Um, and I, I don't think this one... It's, it's painting with a very broad brush in terms of its narrative. Um, I think at one point this was supposed to be an Anne Hathaway movie. That was going to be, I guess, a little bit yeah. more Hollywoodized. And I can still kind of see the Hollywood version of this peeping out. But like you said, I, I do appreciate that, for one, this movie, uh, I think its French sensibilities ultimately went over, and I think that makes it a little bit more interesting. It takes a little bit more uh, creative risk, and it also has a little bit more stylistic choices that I, I think uh, are a little bit more appealing. But also, this movie, um, I have to assume, because they shot it in July of 2020, it's not incidental that this project came together during covid Right. And uh, at a few points, the movie is outright explicitly like this is about COVID. <laughs> um, but in a way that I didn't find it grating or like too on the nose, like some other movies we've gotten of late, um, you know, certainly like bringing back Anne Hathaway, like thinking back to something like Lockdown. Uh, this is certainly more preferable in that, you know, I think you could watch this out of context with COVID and still enjoy it because it's fairly tightly wound. Like I said, it is trying to do a lot, but it's also just focused primarily on Milian Lennard's performance. Uh, and I think that's quite good. As I was mentioning is, to you. Is that how you pronounce it? 
Melani? Is it Melani? Melani? You're gonna ask me how you pronounce the name? I don't know. I, <laughs> well, she's French, yeah. so uh, you know, and I don't speak French, so I I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. But oh, I have no. I mean, uh, Melian Lene. Well, the I, emphasis I think, I think is... is on the e, so it's Melani. I think. Oh, is it? I believe. I well, look. We're <laughs> if you're listening more than I apologize. Yeah, I apologize as well. Yeah. Nothing but apologies from the Cinema Hawks gang. <laughs> Uh, I mean, she's a wonderful actress, and I think she does a great job here. And it's nice to see her uh, have a star vehicle, not only because um, she's primarily a supporting actress in a lot of things like Beginners and Inglorious Bastards Enemy. and um, Enemy, yeah. But uh, she's been directing a lot of late, which uh, unfortunately I haven't had a chance to see her directorial features, but I've been hearing a few of them are pretty good. Like, I think she did one called Breathe in 2014 that's supposed to be like a like coming-of-age French-type movie that's supposed to be quite good. And, uh, you know... Yeah. Yeah, I know she's done some short films, right? Is that a short film or is that feature length? No, no, she did a couple features. Like she did Galveston a few years ago. That's like a an adaptation of uh, Nick Pizzolatto's book. And then she did a coming of age film called Breathe from 2014, if I'm not mistaken. And she might have done one or two other films as a director, but primarily she's been focusing on doing stuff behind the camera. So that's why I was surprised to see her uh, not only in front of the camera again, but a film that demands to her be on screen for basically the whole entire thing. And uh, I, th- I thought she did a great job. I know she's doing a movie, or her next movie's coming out later this year, isn't it? The The Nightingale? It's not related to the Jennifer Kent one, but... Um, oh yeah, she's directing that one with the, the Fanning. Yeah, Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning, I think. Yeah, I've heard about that. Um, I think that got delayed due to COVID, so that's maybe why she um, jumped on this project, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's been a long time since I can recall her doing a film in front of the camera, let alone as a star vehicle. And I, I think she's probably the main reason why I found myself so appealed to this film. All right. I looked it up and I think the way you pronounce her name is Melanie Laurent. Melanie Laurent? Melanie Laurent. Yeah, some, essentially. So okay. we'll try it. <laughs> yeah, this movie's Melanie Laurent. This this movie's you know similar to Woman in the Window. It's been through some stuff. Uh, I think Numi Rapace was also supposed to be uh, replacing Anne Hathaway, and then oh yeah, yeah yeah that fell through as well. I think Aha was always on in here as like a producer, but then yeah, eventually they just kind of reshuffled the deck during COVID last year, and here we have Oxygen. And I kind of wish this movie had been released at a different time because it's kind of like in this glut of other releases and. You know, it's, it's an okay time to release a sci-fi film, to be sure, but this didn't even release on a Friday. I mean, this released a couple days before everything hit. It was, and it, it's not the big Netflix or the movie of the week, and I think that's a shame. I think they're kind of like maybe a, almost like a alert, not allergic, but averse to this being French language and assuming people are going to like not be into it because of subtitles. Although there is that thing now where like, now if you watch like a Netflix movie, it like defaults to the dubbed over stuff which i hate and i have to good. change it all the time oh, no i oh wait the dub yeah it was it went to the dub for you yeah huh I, it does that for was, me for uh, a lot of things it was subtitle for me every time i try to watch huh. something That's new weird. that is in a different language like when i started watching lupin it defaults to the english dubbed voiceover and i have to manually switch it every episode back to the original pronunciations it's so frustrating um i don't know why that is well, where are you watching these films it's called Netflix. Like on your... Yeah, no, I don't. But I mean, like, are you watching it through your TV? Different things. Yeah, TV, iPad, um, and on TV, it's like Apple TV. So okay. I, I don't know what the deal is, man. I just I just want to hear people's real voices. Because I, I watched this in 
both on my TV and my laptop. Like I had to switch uh, halfway through, and both times it went directly to the subtitle version. I never played the dub version. Maybe so. it's a settings thing. Maybe yeah. Maybe you have it set to the right thing, and I'm just yeah. I don't know. Goofing over here. I didn't have that that issue, but um, I'm not. I'm sure you're not alone. I just that that wasn't an issue for me. Yeah. Also in this movie is Matthew Amari. We just hear his voice as the as the uh, sort of Sal 2000 knockoff Milo and pretty effective vocal performance too and then also malik zidi plays a man named leo we start to kind of slowly get to know over the course of the movie through flashbacks did you call him sal 2000 sal oh i was thinking of recess <laughs> i think in recess yeah, you're, 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 you're thinking of how 2000 how 2001 <laughs> well i saw i i've always done that because uh i saw recess before i saw 2001 a space odyssey so like I've never been able I always default. Was oh, that a parody? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So in recess there's okay. an episode where they have like a new playground system called Sal. And so like, yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, but I'm just gonna lean into that. But no, this movie's super effective. And there there were times in this when I I was a little bit I was like, well, how is she gonna get out of this? How is she gonna what would you, there were a couple times like very early in the film, I was like, well, why don't you just do this? This, this or this. And then at the end of the movie, she does that. And I'm like, oh, take, she could have done that the whole time. <laughs> There's stuff like that. Like, I was like, uh, you know, sometimes the movie's pretty clever. Sometimes I think that, like, it plays into something like it's a big revelation of like, oh, my gosh, only a genius like her could think. And it's like, I think most people will kind of call a lot of what's going on in this movie. There were a few things that took me totally by surprise, though, um, almost to the point where it feels a little bit out of nowhere like what's really going on. But then some stuff definitely matches where like, if you call it early on, it doesn't ruin the movie at all, but it is one of those things. It's like, yes, I had a feeling that was what the case was. And it really matches like what you're seeing. And it's, it's one of those twists that feels inevitable, not just like shocking for the sake of it. So yeah, this is a pretty effective, this is like one of those movies I would recommend to people who are like really like for whatever reason, I don't know a lot. I do not know a lot of these people, but if you like claustrophobic sci-fi, this is certainly going to deliver. Yeah, I mean, generally, I think it works. Like I said, I, I do agree with you that, um, I guess, like I said, the broad, predictable aspects of it kind of grate me because I think they're working against what otherwise I think is a pretty efficient uh, one-woman show thriller film that is pretty resourceful in terms of like getting interesting angles out of this one location and allowing, uh, let me see if I can get this right, Melanie Lanet? Lynette? Melanie Laurent. Laurent, sorry, Laurent. Um, Melanie Laurent, uh, you know, to really just showcase her uh, undervalued star power as an actress. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think what works here really works enough to where I can uh, overlook some of the stuff that I did find kind of predictable and shallow or a little bit grating in terms of like, you know, like it, it, you have to like kind of like indulge the movie in certain aspects to like allow it to be a 90 to 100 minute narrative. Because like if they, if she had figured something out, early on it would have been only 30 minutes long <laughs> and it's just like okay yeah, yeah fine thought... whatever um I, yeah but um yeah i mean even despite that um my only real thing was that uh yet again this is the type of film i kind of wish i saw in theaters because like uh seeing this on netflix i don't think it's bad i, I admire the accessibility but i feel like the claustrophobia would have been more effective in the theater that's kind of the same issue that i had with the um joseph gordon levitt film uh from last year that we covered uh what was that seven five zero zero um oh i was gonna say i was like trial of chicago seven 
No, 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 no. Um, well, he wasn't <laughs> that as well, but um, the one where it's like know. another kind of like uh, chamber yeah. thriller kind of thing. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I find these type of films very appealing, and because there is an urgency to them that's that's always uh, ref- uh, renewing itself. And uh, generally speaking, they keep the the stakes kind of closely knit, so I can find it pretty. Uh, readily engaging, but um, yeah, I found this to be a pretty likable little uh, taunt chamber thriller. Yeah, I think I think Melanie Laurent kills it in this. I mean, she has to for any of this to really work. And I, I felt for her. I thought that whenever she is like panicking and she is like trying to calm herself down, all of that was really believable. It was watchable without it being like oh, I don't want to watch somebody go through this. That's so hard to do so difficult to do i think that like a movie like that can overplay on our sympathies a bit and i think this movie knew just the right moments to pull it back and let her sort of like show us a moment of competence that she's still in control of the situation and i also think the score kind of helps guide us along in that respect too i mean it's just it's just really competent in every respect the only like real downsides of this movie i can pinpoint are that it's probably a little bit slightly too long and as I mentioned before, the twists, a couple of the twists are a little bit out of nowhere to the point where it really just isn't set up very properly. And if, if it were up to me, I would cut out the last couple minutes of the movie because I, I think like what it does in the very end felt very much like a, I don't know, <laughs> I, I felt like you just didn't need it. Like I think ending it a different way would have been way more effective, like ending it, cheesy. cutting it a little bit short would have done more to bring closure to this movie in a kind of counterintuitive way almost. So at the same time, I, I, I really like this, even though I think it's going to be kind of limited by, I think a lot of people are not going to immediately be into a movie like this. And I, I totally understand that, especially if you, if you struggle with claustrophobia yourself and if you, you're just not in the mood to watch a single location film, I, I think that kind of thing could be really hit or miss. I will say to this movie's benefit, it gets a lot better as it goes along. I think the first 10, 15 minutes are a little bit slow, a little bit of a like, uh, whatever is this going? But it really picks up. And I think that it goes in some directions that I think are really satisfying to watch. So I'm a strong B on oxygen. What about you? I'm not too far from where you are. Um, I do agree with you. It does get better as it goes along. I don't think it's ever necessarily slow, but I do agree with you that it it does, it does um, I think, try to add a little bit more than it can really chew. And it's constantly just trying to like, keep the audience engaged to the point where I always kind of admire when it just is able to be a lot more simple and straightforward. But, um, you know, I think the the star power of Melanie Lanier, it uh, pulls this off. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy the um, the direction and cinematography here. I, I think uh, Alexandre uh, Ahi, is that how you pronounce his name or is it? Alexandre Aha. Aha. Okay. So it's, I thought it was A-G-E. Is it A-J-A? It's A-J-A. Oh, okay. Uh, for whatever reason, I thought it was A-G-E, whatever. But yeah, no, I think you know, he's good with this type of thing. Like we said, Crawl is another example of how it's a kind of throwaway B-movie, but he brings a lot of uh, his uh, taunt direction and his ability to, to make simple premises really pop, and that's no exception here. So um, if it weren't for some of the uh, predictable story beats, I think I'd give it a B as well, but I'm going to give it a very high B-. minus. I looked it up, and it's Alexandre... Aha. Aha, I think. Okay. Well, I apologize to him and Melanie Lanert. 
Sorry, I have to correct myself again. I said aha again because it's like what I default to. It's aja. It's because I bring Spanish into it. I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, you you at least have an excuse. <laughs> I don't. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, that is Oxygen. I definitely think it is worth seeking out on Netflix if you're looking for something a little deeper, a little bit more interesting than the usual streaming service fare we tend to get. It's just 101 minutes long. They kind of they kind of missed it though. If it was 102, it would be 02. Well, that's what I thought they were going to do, but they didn't. Oh yeah, you did message me about that. Yeah. And it's coming out in 20 it was supposed to come out in 2020, yeah. which backwards is 02. 02. Mm-hmm. That's why they yeah, that's why they uh did a quiet release. They're so ashamed. I guess. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.